Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the weekly podcast where we are, where we're, uh, conjunction, analyzing Wonder Woman by uh, five minutes by five minutes. Look, if you haven't picked up on the new format, I mean, come on, it's like six weeks in or whatever. Uh, my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Johnny. You can find me pretty much anywhere at Austin Powers Minute. And I'm Tabitha Carlisle. And you can find me on Twitter at Tabitha T Rex. Perfect. Cool. Awesome. Everybody well, did thank it flawlessly. You. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, today we're talking about Oh Boy. Minutes number 26 through 30? Question mark? Yeah. Yeah? Got it. Okay, minutes number 26 through 30. Uh, These five minutes are going to start out um, with uh, uh, Steve Trevor. Steve Trevor. Steve Trevor's beautiful blue eyes looking up uh, at this testing facility that he uh, infiltrated last week that we were watching. And the minute's going to end with a very well-lit bath scene, but... Man, those that's like, like it's blue. Everything's blue. I did the blue eyes. This is the blue water, uh, blue men group. That's a thing uh, <laughs> at Universal. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So you know, but here they got the blue women group. You gotta. That's uh, that blue people. There you go. So, what are we what are we the, doing here? Uh, so um, uh. What was I gonna start with this? Nice. Um, that was so. Was, uh, you mentioned everything's blue, and I was thinking, oh, you know, I, I remember back to that being one of the original criticisms about this film before the film had even come out, and like the trailer came out, and y- usually people tend to be a little bit uh, more critical about um, comic book movies as soon as they see any part of it. But I remember that there was a lot of criticism about this film for how blue it is throughout the whole movie, not just this. Um, these bioluminescent pools here. Um, nice pull. But, but like the hue of it? Yeah, like the color correction of it yeah. all is, tends to be a little bit too blue. I get what um, you mean. But that's not our opinions or anything like that. That's just, I remember that being one of the first criticisms that people had about it. But speaking of criticism, uh, Tabitha, thank you uh, for joining us this week. <laughs> that was a very good segue. Very good segue. Um, thank you for being our Wonder Woman of the week to join us to talk about Wonder Woman. Um, and uh, you guys also did. Uh, we, sh- we share a common uh, common actress or just actor. You know, it's a, I don't know why we still use those norms, but um, Robin Wright is in this film, or she was, and surprisingly, you didn't get any minutes with her in it, no. uh, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but Robin Wright was in the film, and you and Jonathan did uh, the Princess Bride minute. Um, but uh, yeah, we wanted, I wanted to get uh, also your your take on Wonder Woman and this film in particular, and, and kind of get your thoughts on, on wh- what do you think about Wonder Woman? <laughs> Well, I like this movie, and I didn't even think about it being too blue, Um, but I was just telling Jonathan last night as I was watching it again that I think out of all the newer DC movies that have come out, I just really like this movie, and um, I've always been a big Wonder Woman fan. I think even as a child, and I'm... I'm much older than all of you, I think, so I used to watch... 
um, you know, like Linda Carter, Wonder Woman when I was a kid. And I kind of grew up in that era of, you know, hearing the phrase, uh, blondes have more fun. And I hated that. And I'm, I have dark hair. And so any, you know, Wonder Woman was kind of my hero girl. She had, you know, dark hair like me. And I just always really, I always really liked her. So I haven't followed the comics a lot. And I actually didn't grow up watching a lot of superhero movies. Um, but I did watch Wonder Woman. And um, yeah, so I was really excited about this movie when it came out um, to finally have a Wonder Woman movie. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and I, think, I think that's one of the, uh, one of the stigmas um, with, with uh, just comic book stuff in general is that um, like there's the sort of gatekeeping with with comic books and like the fact that oh like oh you if you like if you're such a big Wonder Woman fan or like you insert any superheroes like reading the comics or following up with it or like you, you weren't there for this era of things and like there's no need for that but a lot of people try to put that on people and it's like you can go watch the movies and maybe just watch the ones you want to watch and you should still feel like there shouldn't be any gatekeeping with, with stuff like that. So like, that's not something we ever hear have ever like, I'm, I'm really against that as far as like if, if a kid or whether they're a grown adult or a little kid and they like want to watch certain comic book movies or just have seen a little bit of shows here and there, it doesn't make them any lesser of a comic book, uh, person well yeah. I, it's like uh since when do you have to take a quiz to be a part of like to like something yeah like sorry i didn't read final crisis when it came out or something like that it's like <laughs> <laughs> like you know those kind of things so yeah. but um yeah so no it's it's great i knew uh, i knew you're a huge wonder woman fan and i was like oh she we've got to get her on this season to talk about wonder woman I know um, I'm sitting here with my Wonder Woman turvis full of water <laughs> and ready to <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> Absolutely, um, but today we're we're going to be looking at, um, and I think this is definitely still one of my favorite uh, characters within this entire DC cinematic universe. Uh, still to this day, having was it one two three four five six seven eight DC films in this shared universe that have come out so far. Birds of Prey being the the latest one. And we've seen many DC villains come and go, but this is still one of my all-time favorites. I think she's still definitely top three villains in this cinematic universe. But we get to talk about basically the complete opposite of Wonder Woman, who is Dr. Isabel Maru here in this uh, Turkey um, military camp as they create these uh, gas bombs. Um, absolutely love this character. Um, I think what she represents and what, she, what uh, the actress, I think her name, I don't want to mispronounce it, but I have it here as Elena Anaya, as I think it's pronounced. Uh, she's a Spanish actress, but um, here she's playing a German scientist. Um, Dr. Isabel Maru, uh, I, I think, showed me, like, as far as DC villains, or just villains in general in comic book movies, is, like, there's... Uh, there's like a damaged past that like makes you kind of who you are. Um, and, and I was talking about like how you bring that character to the screen a little bit. And she was 
in talking with Patty Jenkins, she was like, "This it, it's someone who, much like very opposite of Wonder Woman, has been a little bit selfish because she doesn't have those kind of gifts in life that Wonder Woman has where she has like education and, and a good support system. Yeah, love and all that stuff. And so normally when we talk about supervillains, you have the opposite and then you have the evil version of and Dr. Maru really is the the opposite of Wonder Woman where Lex Luthor might be um, the complete opposite of Superman. Dr. Poison is selfish, has a fascination with entropy um, and is a very sadistic person, unlike Wonder Woman. And so, um, there's something I really like in that, um, because she, she's fairly new, I think. Well, uh, she's somewhat, I mean, like, I guess like the, maybe the first, I don't know. I pulled up a Wikipedia page of this and it doesn't have her. What was you, what did you say her name was? El- Elena? Uh, oh, the actress? Oh, no. No, oh, no, no. The, 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 uh, the Dr. Maru, she's. What so like the one that I have it says Princess Maru and Marina Maru. Yeah, so what I have here is that because Wonder Woman uh, during during the Golden Age, when she was originally a Nazi scientist, because all of that was originally World War Two, and then this film they changed it to World War One. Um, Doctor Poison, which is the Princess Maru one, she was originally a Nazi scientist during the Golden Age of Wonder Woman, and then post Crisis. They changed it to be uh, Dr. Poison's granddaughter. Um, That's the 1999 one? My point being is that it's like she was, what, 1942 and then 1999 is when she came back. That's pretty recent. Yeah. Yeah. After after Final Crisis, Post Crisis, that's when they were like, uh, we're going to we're just going to make it the grandchild of Dr. Mm-hmm. Poison, um, which they were both both females as well. Um uh, the original 1942 Dr. Poison, um, they said that some something in the that she hid herself in bulky clothing so that no one would know she's a woman um, and that she was, just, was like this evil Dr. Poison and she created this reverse gas or something that made you do the exact opposite of what you were told to do it was oh, a very crazy classic <laughs> yeah just like like yeah. comic book kind of like gas instead of like oh yeah uh gas was actually a very deadly weapon in um uh world war world war one and two um and that's and that i think it's perfect that dr poison is in this during world war one because it, to me it makes a lot more sense um, with the invention of mustard gas and like that. I mean, it was a very iconic weapon that was made for World War One. And mm. um, when Dr. Maru, or I'm sorry, when Anaya was uh, talking to Patty Jenkins about this character, um, the idea that she's damaged herself with uh, her own gas was something that she chose to do because of her sadistic like behavior. She wanted to know what it felt like to gas people. So she gassed herself, which scarred her. And then um, they covered it with those porcelain prosthetics that World War One soldiers actually had to put on when they got damaged by mustard gas and all that. Um, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah that's the, news to me. Yeah, I that, didn't know uh, that either. That porcelain uh, prosthetics, that's... That's the technology they had back in World like War Like they put I, them right? on their faces? Yeah. Ooh. And they, well, so when weird. they got back from the war, that's they wore porcelain prosthetics for the rest of their life because they're missing noses and 
and all kinds of stuff like getting blown up from mortar shells and stuff like that yeah um, I, you don't gotta wow. I, I get that but yeah <laughs> Oh, I just the the porcelain prosthetic was uh, news to me. I did not know that was a real thing, honestly. Yeah, it seems pretty low tech compared to like. I say that knowing that that time was like low tech, but they had such more modern warfare that you would think that they'd have more modern. They're more worried about creating the damage than yeah, they are about apparently. fixing it, and and that's probably yeah. still too true to this day. Um, but yeah, she. Uh, her prosthetics are based on the actual prosthetics used during World War One era uh, technology, and then um, yeah, she self-inflicted her own wounds so she would know what the gas felt like. And so she is also she um, Anaya also takes a lot of influence from the actual creator of mustard gas, who is like your typical evil scientist, Colonel Mustard. Yeah, yeah. His name <laughs> is, we all uh, know it. We all know him. <laughs> his name is uh, Fritz Haber, and close. Yeah, oh, scientist. Sorry, I get the two confused all the time. <laughs> My bad, mix up. Um, yeah, the the history is written that he was very much infatu- infatuated with finishing the final product of mustard gas because he wanted to be remembered for it, and was like wanted it for to finish it for like the history books. Like he wanted to be remembered as the person who created mustard gas. And like his wife was like, like urging him to stop creating it. Like, please stop! Don't do this. You don't like. And he was like, um, there. I think during the final testing of mustard gas, he was like quoted for saying like, "I'm never gonna stop doing this." And so his wife did she divorce her, him? Oh. Killed herself. Oh no. Oh no. During that Just final divorce. testing, it's okay. And so he's like, that's like the like the most wild like like. That's incredible. Listen, this guy was so wow. much more infatuated with mustard gas. If you if start doing some crazy crap, like like get really into creation that's destroying you, mm-hmm. you can do that on your own. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah, it's wild. So he, like yeah, what are some things? You, what are some things you're afraid Mark would uh, go crazy and get into? Uh, one Legos, two <laughs> uh, Led Zeppelin, three. <laughs> Definitely um, uh, uh, the the Gundams, the tiny you build Gundams. Well, hang on, hang yeah, on. Don't yeah. now. Hang on. That's you're going too far with that one. Oh, because I hit uh, too close to home for you. Yeah, Chia, Chia yeah. Pets was going to be my <laughs> follow up, but you know. What about you, um, Tabitha? What would you? What would be your deal breaker? Obsession? What we can't? What do you? <laughs> With like with Jonathan or if I yeah had, with Jonathan, oh, um, or oh maybe uh, too many VR games. <laughs> now see that's that's okay. I feel like that's really video real, game addiction real. is real. It's really real. So that's a thing. VR, I thought you were gonna VR say like addiction. Funko Pops or something. <laughs> I'm getting too real. Okay, back it up. Um, <laughs> VR addiction. We could have be this something in the future. We have this huge container that is full of Pez that used to be on our wall. Oh, and he used okay. to have this humongous Pez collection. And now we have this very large clear storage tote full of Pez. And it's just sitting in my bathroom for like two years. <laughs> There's something. But I'm still here. <laughs> but if it becomes two boxes, we'll have a very serious right. conversation. Very serious conversation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Start calling him Dr. Pez. Right. 
<laughs> collecting all of them. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's Doctor uh, Isabel Maru Poison, Doctor Poison for you guys. Um, any any uh, any hot takes takeaways for uh, our our villain here? Any anyone want to go first? Yeah, Doctor Pez looks like he's like uh, maybe like a uh, uh, ska guy. No, jazz guitarist and accordion covers. That's that's Doctor Pez. So I think we're good on that one. Yeah, um, Johnny. Or no? Oh, you were actually gonna. Nate, you're actually gonna talk about Doctor Poison here. Well, yeah, we're gonna talk a lot about her, aren't we? Are you, you're done? Okay, so what's uh? So she's testing her 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 thing right now, and uh, mm-hmm. so what is um. What is uh, what's not working? Why is she angry? Because it didn't kill the guy. Is that what it yeah. is? Yeah. Like the, so it, it did. She, she wants it to break the entire gas mask. Am I correct in that thinking? Yeah, she wants okay. to break because that's the way that technology works. Is like you invent the mustard gas, and then what was it like? Um, I, I here's it was. Um, I'm trying to think about back about World War One actual um, uh, transgression. It was like we invented guns and then it was like okay but now we're inventing tanks and then it was like oh we can't shoot through tanks so now we have to now create a gas that we can gas people in the tanks with and that's where that evolution was coming from and now people are inventing gas masks for the gas bombs and so now it's like okay but now i need a poison that breaks through the gas mask and then is that a real thing in life did that actually exist is that what mustard this, gas does, or day, yeah? What do you really? I mean, like there's so like what is the new not the new what the, so like white phosphorus is a thing that they use now. That's like a powder, right? That burns. That's not a gas. All right, I'm asking the wrong questions. Does mustard does does mustard gas uh, erode metal or something? What's the so you're telling me the thought process was to make a gas to break armor break the gas mask well dr poison in the comic books in this movie in yes is making stuff, the gas is, that can break that that's not what the yeah. real gas mm-hmm. does in real life no mustard gas Got was it. just made because they didn't have bullets that could penetrate okay a tank stuff, but so, so like that like, it, but, but a tank it in. okay and then a tank it could you know i guess maybe it's not all sealed or ventilated so like the gas is getting in it right some way yeah. or another yeah okay yeah, they didn't plan for uh, gas traps and stuff like that so it's interesting that she didn't want to you know have the guy come out and she'll test a different you know test on him again another day that she's just so frustrated she's just like yeah. oh he's still alive release him from it let him die we'll get another person in here to try to kill that's rough next right? time yeah <laughs> She was like, here's your results. Can you come back next week? We'll try again. He said, um, all right. Uh, but imagine if you were that guy. What's my copay? And then he was like, all right, here we go. Um, it's like you get another week to live. And then the next week you're like, I don't know if I'm going to make it this time. And then you, it's just like constant. Yeah, I'm fear. sure. the And it's weird, but it's like a satisfying thing for both her and the patient. I don't know what else to call him. Prisoner uh patient prisoner and it's like oh Funny you didn't, didn't say soldier wow <laughs> right <laughs> well he's no longer a soldier he's a prisoner um but or maybe he's not even a 
soldier. Maybe it's just a random Turkish person. Random Turk. Um, but it's like uh, maybe. Uh, I, oh, I was thinking like satisfaction. Like, oh, I didn't. It didn't do what I wanted. Maybe I'll just kill him and get some enjoyment out of just some instant gratification if I just kill him right now because that's what I'm in love with is entropy and being sadistic. So I'll just kill him and be like, oh, at least I felt good. And then we'll try again. Um, well, and then for him, so. it's like, for me, for him, it's like, oh, please just kill him and get this over with. So. Uh, I don't know. He looks to be suffering and she just looks frustrated. Seems yeah, out of anger. Yeah. And I think that they really don't care. If she wanted somebody, they would just pull someone right out of their office and put yeah. them in there if they <laughs> wanted somebody at that moment. She really yeah. doesn't care. This, this yeah. Ludendorff guy is uh, b- big old bad news with a, with a capital N. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, um, this is like, uh, we'll get more into him when he has a, like a bigger scene, like I think right right after they leave for London, but Ludendorff is like our only real non-fictional person, like real historical person. Um, the, the Aries of the of the man's world, if you will. I guess what I like about this the most is it's a woman superhero with a woman villain. Yeah, absolutely. At least at this part of it. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, hopefully the next one is going to be that the entire way through with this, with this cheetah business, right? Yeah. Uh, it's just I was trying to purr. I don't know if I can do the purr. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> a rolling, it's a little, rolling it's your a, it's, it's probably going to be a little bit similar to to Doctor Poison, where we have a well. I guess it would be kind of the flip now, where Ares is the evil version of Wonder Woman, and Doctor Maru is the opposite of Wonder Woman. And the next film, we should we'll be getting a metahuman female super villain. So that's pretty much the evil version of Wonder Woman, and then um, Maxwell Lord is technically the opposite of Wonder Woman in in the sense she's a, he's a you know he's the selfish he's one, evil man philanthropist type person. Yeah, I guess it's just like uh, I know this is gonna sound weird to say, but representation is powerful whether the person is good or evil. So being able to see like a predominant female villain Mm -hmm. as well is really important i know like you guys did suicide squad and everything technically harley quinn was in that too (laughs) (laughs) yeah predominantly yeah technically technically i think she was in it she still was a subordinate to a certain Um, degree uh she she, well she was subordinate (laughs) in comparison to uh amanda waller yeah but Amanda but Waller was still. Joker, oh boy! A yeah, jeez. Okay, I don't. So, wanna, we, I, we can't talk about that anymore. We're done talking I know, about that. I know. Put in the joke. You were so excited to be done with that, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, uh, at least you're getting like a a decent representation. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The production designer was also, and something that I guess makes more like historical sense as well with these bomb factories uh, is that uh, Bonetto said that in researching these bomb factories that World War One was developing, a lot of these scientists are, uh, um, well, not scientists, but the bomb makers in this building that um, Steve Trevor is in, they're all women as well. Everyone in here making bombs are either women or children. And so, Everyone in this building, Are you besides serious? Ludendorff, basically is a woman. Um, it's hard to tell because they're all wearing like 
gas trap masks, gas mask, that was gas trap, gas, gas tra- masks, <laughs> gas traps. Um, thinking a lot about caustic here, but yeah. like just gas masks in general. Um, but that would make sense because if yeah. the the Turkish men were fighting on the front, yeah, who was there to make the weapons? They are just mm-hmm. like we had american women joining factories which mm-hmm. is probably part of the right. pro- propaganda we probably think of rosie the riveter as yeah. like oh you're helping build machines but it's like yeah they're building weapons yeah like, yeah they're building weapons and being factory workers for common things too but yeah they were building like, airplanes and yeah everything the women were yeah. here mm-hmm. so um, they wanted to keep that accuracy here in this film so they were like everyone here um and maybe not actually like all the actors are probably male and female or just um, a mix of both. But like they're supposed to be representing that everyone in this bomb factory is a woman um, help uh, building these bombs uh, for the soldiers of Mm -hmm. world war one. And then this, uh, I mentioned this last week, um, but this is the big scene. This, these five minutes right here about, uh, Indiana Jones being one of the three major films to influence Wonder Woman, um, in which Steve Trevor has this um, big scene here as he not only steals Dr. Maru's notes, but then he has to escape and um, escape the, the Turkish air base, um, but then also tries to do a little bit of justice for it. Uh, he's uh, Steve Trevor's talking about um, how originally he was just here to observe and report, but deep down, he knew he had to do something right, which I think is a very good storytelling um, uh, bit that Patty Jenkins decides to, to include is that he's not just there to steal the notes and go away or just to observe and report, but that he wants to be a hero, which is, I think, important to Steve Trevor's character of being a spy. But then it's like, oh, but what if I want to be more than that? Which is a, a great thing for, for kids who want to, you know, aspire to be like superheroes and stuff like that. Now, I like that a lot. But does the look on Steve Trevor's face at like 40 seconds really convey that to you? It seems it seems like he, he's like obviously he's thinking like, OK, my mission orders are obviously to observe and report. I can't do anything. But now I'm in a position where I have to do something. There seems like a little bit of a reluctancy in his facial expression. But like it shouldn't like that's probably the wrong word. Uh, you know, it's like, wow, how do how do you how do you explain what's going on in his mind right there? I think, um, and you guys let me know if I'm wrong, but my my thought process is that he's going against what he's asked to do. And so that look over is him going, I really shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, I'm going to get in trouble. Okay. Yeah, and I could die from doing this, but this is is the right thing to do. Okay. Not not what I'm ordered to do. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And it... It's it is definitely you can kind of see him changing his mind and and part of him is, is I think it's a struggle of he could get out of there probably pretty safely but he mm-hmm. knows at that moment okay if I grab this you know all hell could break loose at this point yeah. you know I and get out. Yeah. which basically is kind of what happened and um, but like okay here we go you know. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. You definitely have to have an exit plan, but it's also like if if crap hits the fan, he also knows the propeller, that he, if you will. Yeah, yeah. So he knows that if because he walks through that factory in all technicality semi-innocent people could die like kids and women oh yeah yeah and him doing that it's like that morality of like i get that it's the greater good but there's still a cost Mm -hmm. to his decision Mm -hmm. so what is if the outcome is if you're willing to take that that consequence for Mm -hmm. your outcome then do it yeah and that's a that's a that's a great one because that we we talk about that a lot in uh, on this podcast when we talk about all the movies, not just Wonder Woman, but when we talked about Man of Steel and in Dawn of Justice, was the, you know the superheroes have to face consequences, and that's something that we now in comic book films think about, where like these superheroes they make you know they get in trouble for intervening when they shouldn't, and it's like just because we shouldn't doesn't mean we we are going to allow ourselves not to to do it. Um, and so Steve Trevor does the same thing where Steve Trevor's like, I shouldn't, but I'm going to, because that's what's right. And so he does have a wonderful exit strategy where he steals Dr. Maru's beautiful looking notebook. Um, somehow she points him out as he leaves. I, um, I never really questioned it until now doing it minute by minute or five minutes by five minutes. But, um, she's like, stop that man. And it's like, what? Who are you pointing at? I don't know how you saw him from that distance, unless she was watching him earlier and then knew that maybe he stole the notebook. Um, I think he's just like the only one that. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, sus. he's he's the only one. <laughs> one that may, uh, oh, maybe if he's the only guy, that could be. I didn't even think about that. That's probably a dead giveaway. But also, um, he's the only one that's like walking out of there walk just walking out of there he seems to have like a purpose and it's like whoa hang on that i mean that just i don't know i didn't really question it because it just seemed like when you look and you have that realization and you just see that guy it's like yeah get hang on that dude right there that's walking like i don't know it just seemed yeah very like if, if you knew the book was there one minute you turn your back and then it's gone it's like oh someone took it i think i think yeah. that him being a dude is definitely a dead giveaway yeah, so absolutely. Do you think he actually had an exit strategy? Because it, I wonder if he would have was just thinking he would take the notebook and then get back to headquarters. I when I watched this, I never really thought about him having a plan of like, okay, I'm gonna run out, I'm gonna steal a plane, I'm gonna bomb this yeah. whole place. I almost think that that he was hand was kind of forced when they recognize, you know, when they started yeah. chasing him and he did all those things. And while I'm up here, I might as well shoot and bomb the building um but i don't know if he would have actually planned that like if he would have made it out the doors i think maybe he would have snuck a plane at some point but i don't know if he would have bombed the whole place but i think his goal was just to get the notebook back yeah it definitely yeah it definitely seems like um this is like the indiana jones improvisational aspect of it where Mm -hmm. he does run out of the door see a plane and is like got it i'm i'm jumping in it um, but him throwing the bombs in the facility as his quote unquote, you know, good, right thing to do to stop the production. Um, th- there was no one in the, in the, in the facility at the time. So I guess they all ran out. Um, so, I mean, he didn't harm any women or children that were working in there. So that's a good thing. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, it definitely. See, I don't know if he. We don't know how he got there. He just was. He just showed up. Um. So like, I don't think we're really. <laughs> Was there like a car waiting for him or something? Like, was that the original plan? I don't know. Maybe he was always just going to be like, yeah, dude, they got planes. I'll just, you know, hop in one of those and I'm out of here, yo. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, especially if he didn't ever plan on stealing the notebook at all, he probably would have stayed with them for for months and and just you know at some oh point make his you way think back. that was it you think it was like he a, was an in bed sort of yeah, thing yeah definitely like, oh yeah he's to even make it out here he was probably with them with, with the germans when they traveled here probably was with ludendorff the whole time to make it here and just to keep up and just to keep shadowing ludendorff to find out what he's doing um yeah but no when i meant that yeah you're you guys are absolutely right this is a total like indiana jones moment where the the exit strategy is all improvised and but the um he it's like the exit strategy he has is grandiose and uh like it is a pretty wonderful thing to watch for him to dip and dive through the this gunfire and and to steal this plane and then shoot the other planes make sure they don't have any other planes and then to bomb the the building as a as a way of deterring the, the 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 weapons that they're making um I think it's I think it's fantastic and I, and I I like that they decided to include that in the film as like you're gonna have these cool action scenes with Steve Trevor as like a soldier in this World War One era we get like these World War One like action scenes um, I'm I'm glad it's it's it, to me it's this was now I think now we're reaching a point of saturation with World War One films. Um, but before this was like this was fresh to all of us. We're like, oh wow, we're watching, yeah. uh, we're watching World War One action. We haven't seen this in in a very long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I and I looked up and those the planes look real to the time. So that was nice to. Yeah, we nice mentioned there was like there's like three uh, versions of at least the one that uh, Chris. Pine, Chris Pine. Yeah, you're right. Chris you're Pine right. uses. Chris Pine. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, yeah, there's so the many three Chris's. versions. There's like the 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 half one that he was sitting in the water that they sank. Uh, mm-hmm. There's these ones that he's jumping into that are full. Um, yeah. And then I guess there's another one, maybe the broken one or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think um, there's th- three of them get three of them are for exploding. One of them is. Oh no 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 yeah, and then shot. there was th- I think there was stationary, and then the one right at a minute and twenty seconds that's uh, on the rig that that moves. So I think that's mm-hmm. like the other just like half cockpit and tail. Okay. So um, yeah, no, but yeah, the, they're the, really cool. I, I I think the, I think these planes for one are wild. Um, yeah. I would play uh, that video game Battlefield. Uh, one, which was a World War One thing, and I do remember being like, you know, <laughs> getting in these planes with our friends and stuff, and uh, it didn't really occur to me that much playing those video games of how exposed uh, a person is in this. Like, this is like a go kart with wings that this guy <laughs> I was in. gonna say it's like <laughs> a box with wings. Yeah, yeah, it's like a vinyl just frame with you know just whatever material that is that the plane can use to fly mm-hmm. and it's like how do you that is a lot of trust man that thing looks like yeah. a glider and yeah yeah that's that's just wild and then they, they had the audacity to just tape bombs that you just hand pick off and drop by right. hand 
Like, hey, let me just turn my plane over. That's what you'd have to do. You turn your plane over and you just lift your hand, let your hand go. And, you know, that's it. I wonder what those um, classes were like. Were they like, hey, man, we got to do bomb physics class today. So if you're. <laughs> right. And then That's maybe bad. your plane doesn't blow up as the building yeah. is blowing up. Or tear <laughs> apart on liftoff or whatever these things are, you know, parachute paper made out of or whatever. This is These things are just insane that these things got off the ground. Yeah, that goes back to the, the advancement of, of warfare was like we had just invent, invented planes not too long ago. And someone's immediate thought is, okay, but can I put a machine gun on the plane? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, okay. That's, what, that's another thing, man. The machine gun behind the propeller, how it's timed out to, to not hit the... That's wild, dude. Yeah. Um, uh, but I am... Right. I just think yeah. that it it's... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I'm noticing there's, a, there's also like a biplane on the ground there, and that looks a little bit heftier than this one that he's in. It's probably um, the bombers or something. Well, then what is this thing? That's not a, a bomber. It's, it's got a, bombs it's on a it and a machine plane. gun. Yeah, but this is the. Yeah, but the, uh, he it, grabbed the bomb. It was in his hand. No, they're right here on the side of the plane. There's no, like no, four no, of I'm them. talking uh, about like the bom- bomber bomb bo- bombers. Like what? Bad bombing bombers. Like, <laughs> hey, n- protect the bomber. It's gotta go. You know. Oh, like the big. Okay, I get. So it's in battle in Battlefield One language, it was the big one that was the slow. Yeah, I got what you mean. Okay. Yeah. I just I think it's terrifying how fast humans accelerate the growth of technology when it comes into contact with warfare. These people still have horse and buggy on this airfield and there's planes taking off next to them. Yeah, but think about think about World War One times, World War One times to right now. Like right now. Think how short in relation to time that is and how fast the advancements were and i feel like only this might just be like realizing this from watching this movie or internalized feelings about war in general for me yeah but it's like if we put power behind more things than just the idea of war i feel like more things could be technologically advanced faster but Mm -hmm. we don't we think in terms of like I guess if you're putting into context of like protection and like protecting yourself, but it's really just advancements and being able to wage war. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, yeah. well, like, I guess by what you're saying, like that was what, this is a, a hundred years ago plus a hundred and something. Well, when this movie came out, I guess it was a hundred years ago, right? World War mm-hmm. One. Um, and then today. No, this movie I, came out in 2017. Good but one. The war took place in 1917. Awesome. Um, so like when I hear things like, uh, in Star Trek, uh, the, uh, the Enterprise show with, uh, Scott Bakula, that's apparently a hundred years before Kirk. And it doesn't like, like hit my brain how far a hundred years are in like that sequence. Cause it's like all technology based and it's like, Hey, well we don't have shields in a transporter, but in a hundred years, you will. It's like, yeah, duh, that makes sense, of course. But now that I'm thinking about it, this dude is in a one-person, like, 30-foot... Paper-mâché airplane. Paper-mâché airplane with a machine gun on it that could essentially, you know, jam, blow up, kill you, whatever, to unman drones and stuff that we have now, and, like, that's the 100-year gap. So, like, that's... You're right, Johnny. It puts everything in perspective, and... Mm -hmm. 
you know. I know. When I think about my grandparents and just what they've, the technology changes in their the span of their life, you know, it's mm-hmm. crazy to think, you know, that they came from a time, you know, of even just thinking TV, you know, yeah. came oh, yeah. time before TVs mm-hmm. to now, you know, what computers and everything and computers in the palms of our hand, you know, and just that, just even that technology alone um, it's changed. But yeah, it's crazy. The other night we went and saw 1917 mm-hmm. and um, it's like, I just walk out of that movie and then, you know, just things you see in this Wonder Woman movie as well. Just like, oh man, war is so awful. It just really yeah. puts it, you know, back there in your face of just a reminder, you know, because sometimes I think war can be kind of a faceless thing and you don't think about mm-hmm. it. But when you watch those, you're just like, oh my goodness, this was so horrible and awful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it still is horrible and awful. And, and it's a good reminder. And yeah. it's definitely a good time for someone like Wonder Woman to step in. That's that's yes. what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I say, yeah. guys. So yeah. where, where are you at? Where are you at? Come back. Yeah, <laughs> which is a, well, somewhere in the Mediterranean Sea, apparently, or something. Let's like go that. find her. Um, but at the anyway. end of this podcast, we're gonna go find <laughs> um, the mascara. It's a great segue. Um, I because, ain't leaving. Uh, it's a it's a great segue because that's when we cut back to. Um, this really uh, cool looking throne room. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been getting our jollies with this throne room for uh, yeah. since last so week. There, so it's, it's wait, a fun what do you place. think about it? What do you think about it, Tabitha? I don't I I just I like it. I'm sorry, I'm getting my skipping my video forward here again so I can freeze it and look at it while we go. I don't know. I just really like it. I like the, the I like that main throne, just the spiral mm-hmm. of it. I don't really know what it's supposed to represent. But I just think it's cool. It kind of looks more to me like a conch shell or something. Dang, it's easy. See, it's yeah. not mm-hmm. hard. It's not hard yeah. at all. <laughs> right? Bullseye. <laughs> First try. And then uh, the yeah, side thrones right. and stuff. It's co- I don't know. It's it's a cool yeah. looking mm-hmm. room. Yeah. It's all supposed to be uh, seashell-like and stuff like that because it represents okay. water. Yeah. Um, you're absolutely, and it represents women through that. So it's, it's, you're absolutely right. Um, hey, can I tell and- you something? I found out that I recently uh, know somebody that has a um, uh, uh, a pillowcase, and it's like a print of Venus, dude, and it is on a on a pillowcase. That's insane, the, right? The birth of Venus. Maybe? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's hell yeah on a pillowcase, man. That's some that's rad. So. It's a power move right yeah, there. Wait right? till you see my starry night bed sheets, man. You're going to flip. Hey, <laughs> goodness. Uh, I need starry I night would. bed sheets. <laughs> I like that painting. Yeah, wait wait till uh, you see my uh, my uh, 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 Georgia O'Keeffe uh, ceiling fan. I got, uh, <laughs> I got, uh, I got a uh, woman walking down the stairs uh, curtains. You should come check them out. Oh, my goodness. That's pretty good. Um, but, uh, what was I getting at? Oh yeah, there's a it's a great segue because we were talking about like the the reality of war. And as we cut back to Steve Trevor, who is still wrapped up with the lasso of Hestia, um, as he's getting into it, explaining to Wonder Woman and and the Amazons about World War One, the Great War, the war to end all wars. That's how he's starting out. He's explaining like, oh, you know, you don't know about this war. This is the war that's affecting all of us. But as he continues. 
And just like when he revealed that he's a spy, this thing is still compelling him to tell the truth. And so deep down inside, not only is he revealing information, but he's opening up himself. He's scared as heck, man. To the realities of war, you know, like women and children, the you know the suffering that they're do- going through. Like the, it's to him. We get to see, like, how much we put that down in ourselves like we kind of like when it comes to war like we we kind of blow it off as that one word war and it like supposed to cover all the bases but it's like that thing in fifth element where they're going through like what is war and you start seeing all the images and like and like deep down you start to realize exactly what that means to someone who's actually been through that or seen it tabitha said it's like it's so far removed right Mm -hmm. so like for for better for the people of the nation that's technically fighting in some of these wars now mm-hmm. it's not happening on their soil so civilians aren't being trapped up like us civilians aren't being trapped up in this war but other civilians are but the fact that you aren't mm-hmm. you're you're not seeing it live in action with your own eyes you can remove yourself from that situation yeah that reality that it's happening halfway across the world. Now, is that Hippolyta's outlook on all this? I feel like to a certain degree, it's that whole, like, you close ranks and you protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which and, she decided to do. Yeah. And and instead of going and helping, or I guess in this case, in modern times, you send aid, money, supplies, <laughs> whatever. Like, did you say aid with a bit of salt there? Well, it's like you you help quotes, but you're not helping. I think you're not preventing is the big yeah. issue. We, well, act, we it, reactively react to these things. Soapbox being <laughs> you, we, diplomatic yeah. help would be stopping the yeah. war. But as a as a spy for like Steve it. Trevor, he is he does see this and he's been putting it down because he's he this kind of character puts up those walls. Um, like we saw with his action to to finally step in and do something that's right, he's been observing and reporting, but now he wants to do the right thing. But this now this we see this lasso of Hestia is actually removing those walls from him, and so that he can then open up about the horrors that he's been seeing. Um, and I think that's fantastic. I think that's that's one of those things that for a supporting character that you really get to um, get a lot from that. You know, it's, it's not just a static side character it's not a static uh love interest character it's someone who becomes your tangent to the real horrors of the world of, of why diana needs to leave the mascara and go out and 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 do some good so i absolutely love that um um skipping ahead here um, I, I, I want to say that as he's explaining all this to hippolyta and diana and to everybody um hippolyta is like you know wh- when he says you know the war the war to end all wars it sounds like hippolyta has like heard that before and she's like oh here we go like this is this is what i was afraid of this is what our protection was for like i can't believe you know it maybe in her mind it's the same war that has always been waging and it just never stopped um mm-hmm. but it shows diana right next to her listening to steve trevor say all these things and her facial expression is like just heartbreaking oh my gosh 
Nonverbal acting, Mark. We're, again, we're getting it with everybody. The big three. They got them. I don't remember yeah. if uh, Aquaman does it, but hey, I I, I don't know. The, it's it's water. It could be blurry. But uh, <laughs> her Jesus. her her face is uh, her reaction is is just jaw droppingly awesome in the sand in the sense of like you know awe. You feel for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think Hippolyta is like you said as far as the um, she's heard this before. It's the same thing as always. It's almost like she's just kind of like, yeah, we'll just wait out this storm, keep my people safe, you know, because she's become removed so much from it. And they're just going to keep doing that over and over again. And we'll just stay here and be safe. I mean, uh, why would they have to do anything different? Right. It's, yeah. It's almost like, yeah, like she's... I like we talked like last week they have to have oracles though we haven't seen them right but chances are they have at least one or two hanging around on the island so she's been able to have a window somewhat to the outside world theoretically Mm -hmm. so I'm sure she's seen like over the course of time it play out and her just further back like retreat into Amazons will protect themselves. Mm-hmm. We don't have to get involved. That's it, point mm-hmm. blank. So it's almost like breaking her fourth wall of there's a real person in front of her now yeah. versus her seeing it yeah. in front of like a pool of water that an oracle is showing her or yeah. something. That's yeah. what I was going to say. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, because Steve Trevor is here, a man, like, mm-hmm. it, right there telling you all these horrors but also at the same time it's (laughs) him openly speaking and saying all these things in front of diana the person who was created to stop this theoretically you know what i mean so like all these years that hippolyta has been maybe looking into the world of 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 man and seeing the wars and stuff always in the back of her mind is still protect the mascara but also protect diana because like she can't she was created to stop it, but I don't know what the outcome of that is going to be, so I can't, you know, lose that. And, and like, it's always just... And, and then right here, it's probably like, oh, geez, all right, this guy's running his mouth. Uh, you know, she, he's telling all the secrets. <laughs> well, oh, because you think, about it, you think about it this way. If Diana goes off, theoretically, if Diana Go goes off, off into this world... Yeah. And she goes to find Ares, she finds him. What if Ares kills her? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and what it's if like she's not ready? Hippolyta. Well, it's not even about being ready or not. It's just if a god bestows his godly like powers on killing her or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now they don't really have a protector anymore. Yeah. Like, yes, yeah. the Amazons can protect themselves, but they can't kill a god. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think, I think weathering the storm uh, or waiting out the storm was uh, like the perfect analogy because. Um, that uh, Queen Queen Hippolyta was what Diana was at one point. She was this leader who wanted to go out and do the right thing, and she fought. She led the Amazons in war, and she did all that, and then decided, "I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm, we're going to close ourselves off. We're just going to wait out the storm." And then she probably does see all this stuff happening, but still decides, "I'm not going to do anything until literally uh, a, a, a leak happens." in 
in her little perfect little bubble and when you have these german soldiers showing up in boats and steve trevor and they're fighting on the beaches of themiscara and it's like it's like you got to wake up because it's ha- it's getting worse and they're and they're coming through now they felt like they went through the little the little bubble shield they're here now bubble shield. and and Teope was telling you like it's only a matter of time like you have got to to stop acting so secluded right now because it's it's getting worse out there um and and you know now because you haven't taken those steps to be proactive now wonder woman is getting that that information in probably what could be the wrong way maybe a way you didn't want her it, maybe it would have been better if you had um been a little bit more proactive instead of wonder woman hearing about it through steve trevor or or seeing it by you know her aunt dying and all the other amazons dying on that battlefield like you know, it could have been prevented or at least not prevented, but like maybe even um, taught better. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of like a parent who probably should have told their kids something in a different <laughs> way. I don't know. I don't know where I'm getting at. Well, but she's like, just you, very, you she's very, she's very protective of Diana. And you guys may have talked about this in other weeks, but I'm sure with her training and stuff. But just the fact that Diana is the God killer and she didn't even want to train her you know have her trained at first when she was younger Mm -hmm. and so you know if she wouldn't have been trained she wouldn't be prepared for what's coming you know she's very protective and I think part of even this whole thing of we're not going to get involved is just that she doesn't want Diana to leave and she doesn't want to lose Diana and her love for her just kind of supersedes all you know all of that which yeah. is a very motherly thing, but when you're the queen, <laughs> you have to kind of think beyond that as well, I would think, because um, her role isn't just as mother. But yeah, yeah, we do get a very um, like intimate uh, Hippolyta in this movie, um, e- and even in like, uh, I guess in a little bit of Justice League, we see her shoot an arrow. <laughs> uh, no, she fights, but like we get a we get an intimate one instead of like. Um, uh, royal queen uh you know what i mean uh mm-hmm. subject regal. in a regal there you go so like we're in the big throne room but um they're not sitting at the throne they're at the foot of the steps and everybody is very close uh typically when you see you know people in throne rooms you see them sitting on the thing with the giant stairs in front of them and two or three guards and then like nobody on the floor you know um so like it's it's very cool to see this queen being so intimate with uh these main characters um for pretty much all of this movie um yeah mm-hmm. even in like the aftershots of this as she's walking down the corridor she's directing saying do this do that but it's not like uh like grandiose you know what i mean yeah, yeah. it's another um just like steve trevor is very dynamic as a character and we mentioned this many times because we've been with queen apolita already for like six weeks now we get a lot of her and it's not just royal queen it's not just mother figure she's playing both roles and then at parts with uh antiope she's also going talking sister to sister mm-hmm. you know so we get to see a very two-way twister uh and uh <laughs> tim tim morris is ray all right go home roger mm-hmm. anyways uh, <laughs> but yeah, th- it's a it's a very dynamic character that we get another dynamic supporting character that we get to see. Um, this I'm 
she's coming back in the sequel, right? They're back on the mascara, so I yeah. would assume so. I know they're back, yeah. baby. <laughs> <laughs> Seventy years later, but we're back. Um, you I, know, I don't know. I don't know a lot about the sequel that's coming out. I watched the preview once, and I almost don't want to watch it again because <laughs> right? I, 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 I don't like to watch it too much. I like it to be a surprise. I'm right there with you. I'm right there and, with you. And uh, so I don't watch the trailers a lot. So I'm I'm really excited yeah. <laughs> for this I'm next hoping, one. Though. It'd be nice to get a little bit. And who knows? Maybe Robin Wright might come back for a scene or two. One can oh, only hope. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I think that that's why this movie is so powerful, though. You get those... You get a real. You get to build a relationship with the characters who are not the main character, and exactly. it's more than just like a "Hey, cool, they have a relationship with the main character." It's like you build it, mm-hmm. right? So, um, it it hits a lot harder if something happens to them because mm-hmm. you've had that time to grow. Like, hi, I sobbed like a baby because of Steve Trevor. That's all right. Yeah. It's fine. All the characters really like. I mm-hmm. I have an emotional moment with dr maru in, in like in the uh, party scene when they celebrate their weapon or whatever like her conversation with c trevor is fantastic but it's not just you know it's not just the main villain um it's not just the mother or steve trevor but then even you have side characters like charlie who has ptsd or what they called back then as shell shell, shell shock. shock syndrome mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it's like it's stuff like that where you get to see the horrors of war um yeah. and the villagers of of that town that they're in um, well i think that's the that's the real superpower of this movie it's like being able to do that that if not in comparison but if you take a look at any i think about other superhero movies i don't just mean the recent dc universe i mean like blanket it out do it over the last hundred years i don't know and think about how many times you felt this like connection and this heartfelt feeling towards a superhero movie mm-hmm. i'm sure that there are very few and far between at least for me they are of like being able to i don't know almost feel like you're not even watching a superhero movie at that point oh yeah i did that for well 180 something episodes of Tom justice <laughs> yeah i mean there is <laughs> There, there are some people who are more, uh, they're more infatuated with the super part than they are the hero part, um, and and that's that tends to be a big issue. And and with Wonder Woman being our first female superhero film, it is more recent now that we have characters that have pathos more dictating what they do. Um, uh, more ethics too, a- ethics and and pathos, and and doing what is right and what and what feels like it should be the right thing to do, um, then more so than being like, oh, I'm just gonna be a badass. I can fly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna punch this yeah. person. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think more of like, um, and I know Iron Man one is a really good film. It started all this kind of s- like our modern day superhero blockbusters that are successful, but. And you go back and watch Iron Man, you're like, maybe not the right thing he should be doing here and there, but like he is, he is doing the right thing here and there. Um, but uh, you could you could have that conversation many times with Batman, um, and sometimes Superman. You can question if he's doing the right thing, but with Wonder Woman and like Patty Jenkins, I have quoted many times Patty Jenkins when she made this film. She was like, 
every decision has to be, are we doing the right thing? And that was her constant question mantra throughout the film as she created it was, are we doing the right thing when character decides to do this or character decides to do that? And, you know, asking yourself as you make the film and not really worrying about what the finished product is going to be, um, I think has re- really helped the film because now that we, we can watch this movie as many times as we want and we, we have a sense of uh, satisfaction of like, this is a very right movie, you know, um, that the, the character decides to make these choices. Um, do, did anyone have any notes on the actual, like the the conversation that they have after the interrogation of C. Trevor with the Senate and the in the corridor? Yeah, um, now, I do have a question. Is uh, is failing a Bechdel test a bad thing? Because this is a moment where it's like, obviously it, it, it does it. It's, you know, it doesn't start out as it, but then when they reference Steve Trevor in like the things he just said, it obviously fails it. But it's not supposed to, right? Is it supposed to be like this is it, it's it's not looking to pass a Bechtel test in a way? Is that like a thing, or is that just like in all just scenes you're just supposed to look for that thing? The guidelines of the Bechtel tests are two women who are not the main characters talking to each other, not about a man. About a man, not no, you not f- not f- would be passing. Talking about yeah. them would be failing. Yes. Oh yeah, that's the Bechdel test. If they do talk about the guy being there's hot, there's like criteria that's more than that. But yeah, they, I'm sure there's more things now. But do we have two women who talk about how hot Steve Trevor is? Uh, I don't think so. Because then it wouldn't, then it would pass the Bechdel test. I'm pretty sure there's not though. But it's also like. No, because the only intimate thing is just between Diana and Steve, and that's not two women. I think it's okay to show how yeah. hot he is, <laughs> right? Hey, hey, give Am me I wrong. Y- hook me up to an IV is what I say. You know. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that there's ever two women talking about how hot he is. Mm-mm. Yeah, so I think we're good on that. And I so think you got to think about the the fact that. It's a plot progression that they're speaking about this. Absolutely. It's not it's just not it's not just like a a one off like let's talk about this man. It's like Okay. It's a it's it has to happen in or in order to further the story along because there's yeah. an important choice that has to be made by them based off of what he just said, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. Now, like, Johnny, you and I are always on the same page, you know that? Right? Right? <laughs> it it doesn't at all seem like there's any women that I noticed that were like, oh, a man's here. Oh, my goodness, it's a man. It's more <laughs> just like, there's a man here. Let's kill him. And they're yeah. like, well, let's hear what he has to say, yeah. and he'll be our prisoner, and then maybe we'll kill him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so they don't they don't trust him. They have no interest or use really for him, you mm-hmm. know, except yeah. to get information. No, it was Vanelia who Vanelia was the one who was like, you oh. should kill him. She was in this minute, actually. Which she I had, think is, she had a big feature. It's great. Shot. Because, like, think about how many times that that has not happened to him. That they somebody hasn't been wooed by his charm. I'm not even saying that, like, Chris Pine 
as a person or well, Steve Trevor as a person is attractive. He's charismatic. That's how he's yeah. a spy, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. the fact that he can't even use that on them, he's like, oh, this is probably never this. It, maybe I need to rethink some things because this has never happened to me before. Yeah. So it's a great moment mm -hmm. for him to see that he's not quite as as hot shit. Sorry, I know. No cursing. You're fine. But hot hot <laughs> crap as uh, um, he's used to. <laughs> we get yeah. the real... Um, oh, yeah, go for it, Nate. I was going to say, yeah, that's true. But also uh, him getting on that beach and, and looking up at the cliff face and seeing all these Amazons, I guarantee you the first thought in his mind is intimidation like oh but well i can't bah, like this is it for me i'm dead <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah. so like nowhere was he like probably thinking i gotta i gotta charm these guys you know mm -hmm. get them on my no it was probably like oh my god i'm terrified i was just in a plane crash i'm dying now there's all these <laughs> tall giant beautiful women i'm scared help me now i'm telling the truth right <laughs> and I mean, then what? he's and then he's being thrown off course a bit in the way that he almost has to explain things i don't know if as their children is the right word no. but you know just as people yeah. who have well i guess in a way you know a child who has no idea of the what is happening in the world you know what mm -hmm. i mean and you're explaining some of these things for the first time and so i'm not in any way saying that they're juvenile but you understand just those no. people a out of time. society yeah yeah I, that I, um Last week I used the the derogatory term savages because like that's how most of the people in the Great War and that's and, how they were painted in myths. Yeah, it's too, like any so. you see anyone with with bow and arrows and stuff is like oh the, you know these these are probably just some savages on some island away from the, mm -hmm. the 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 modern world and technology and stuff and so they don't know any better. We gotta explain what this war is now, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, he you know he also has to explain to Wonder Woman like, oh, do I do I not look like a man? Like like when she's like, oh, you're a man, um, and yeah. But for most of the part, the the Amazons are all there. Like, oh no, we should kill him. And it's like, oh, that's yeah, not what you not what you're planning for, buddy. Um, but next week is when we get into like the the more uh, spicier minutes, of, intimate, yeah, um, of Steve Trevor, um, but. This this next scene that we're kind of going to end on and we're going to see one of the many passive abilities of Wonder Woman. Um, this this area, this bioluminescent pool area. It's like a hot spring. This is their infirmary. That's cool. It's like a, what's the Dragon Ball Z? Uh, hyperbolic time chamber. There you go. Hyperbolic pods. Hyperbolic pools. Yeah. Back to back to chambers. I'll bring it back to something I know. That's Star Wars. I know. Think about them as like blessed, blessed thermal hot springs. Because I'm sure that's what they are. What's the Superman one? The Le oh, I'm sorry, I went Batman. What? I went Lazarus Pit. Genetic <laughs> gene pool. What is there's the we uh, the one that was on Krypton. The, there was a Man of Steel one. The the uh, never mind. Just keep going. <laughs> I don't remember it being healthy. I remember it being the birthing chamber. The Maybe that that's thing. what it was. Yeah, genetic that's what you're thinking of. The genetic chamber. Yeah, doesn't matter. Um, Anyways. So you think it's it's blessed? Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure well, first off, all of the mascara is blessed. Yeah. Is he healing? So. Is is it healing Because she's she has healing ability. She's passively mm -hmm. healing. And is this just like a do they have a conversation of just like, Yeah, Diana, you're the best patient. Like I don't gotta do anything. <laughs> 
<laughs> you got or the is best it just like plan? Yeah, or you just see the blood and then you see the. But the, but the nurse or the doctor like stepping back to when they take that bandage off her arm, seems surprised. Yeah, She's like, she does you know, say weird. strange. Yeah, so it's I'm wondering if either Diana doesn't normally get hurt that badly, or if um, her you know like her powers or something are increasing that you know she is healing faster than she used to. Okay, yeah, so let's break this down. So she, right before all this, she did the uh, gauntlet blocking, which is, oh boy, what did we say? That's a power of, that's a use of of the the gauntlet. gauntlet. That's a power of the gauntlet. So it's not like it's, so is this like a... energy and then exerts it. Okay, that's a power of the gauntlet. Has she Power not been has she not been maimed or hurt before? That was obviously from a bullet. So has she not been hurt before for her to have to be bandaged up and like for I her to be healed where it's like, oh snap, why are you healing now? Or is this like a thirteenth year situation? She was a rambunctious kid, so I can't I can't imagine a, a time in which she didn't like scrape her knees or something or yeah. whatever. Right. But we it would fly in the face of my theory of before of like the whole island being in on the conspiracy if the infirmary doctor was surprised like Mm -hmm. then maybe not everyone knows maybe it's just like the senate or the people who are in the the (laughs) politics the senate the politics Mm -hmm. like people closest to hippolyta would know but maybe like the average like merchant in town would have no idea Mm mm-hmm because yeah. all Amazons are Themyscarans, but not all Themyscarans are Amazons. Um, so the Amazons know. And th- and Queen Apolita, of course, um, is probably keeping that. I mean, she's the only child on the island. She, that That is all we know. Uh, that's all that they know, is that Diana is the only child on the island. Everyone else has been there for centuries. Uh, they've been there for a very long time. They don't bear children. Um, and Diana's the only one. She's the only child running around. Um, she, I guess she's never been to the infirmary before because um, the nurse is very surprised. But um, it is the first time she's got such a, a wound that needs taken care of. Um, and then we see that she does, one, she's not impervious to bullets. She's not bulletproof like Superman is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so her having to block bullets is a thing she has to do. Yes. Um, and... Um, and that she uh, she has very fast healing powers, um, but the, the the pools themselves are healing pools. Um, Steve Trevor's in that to to heal, and that's why the, they're they have like this bioluminescent glow to them. Um, but also, they said that bioluminescence were how they were going to establish how they uh, how the Themyscarans have lighting sources. So. Everything that has light sources, um, especially like Diana's bedroom and stuff like that, is all bio bioluminescence. Something now that that's they... a fungus. <laughs> sure, and mostly bacteria. It can be like plankton. So she's got a she's so she's got a jar of plankton above her bed. Mm-hmm. Same thing as having a jar of fireflies, because technically their their <laughs> bodies have like that song. They yeah, because everybody have got has bioluminescence. their everybody has their firefly. Uh, lamp in their house you know you won't for long <laughs> because they're going extinct 
Um, I want to. There's got to be someone who has tried that, and maybe some someone who's like, you know, against waste or plastic use and or electricity and. and like when like, it gets dark, I just capture fireflies. Yeah. Let them go. Uh, let them go when I'm ready to go to bed. Now, Mark, we're getting on to something. I think we can live off the grid. I think we'll have yeah. light sources. <laughs> if we farm fireflies and we take care of them, they can be our infinite light source. There we go. Uh, Who said they're going extinct? <laughs> yeah, right. Mark and I are on the call on the case. Yeah. We got it. We can uh, we'll just instead of lamps, we have lanterns full of them, and it comes with the feeding uh, system and. Mm-hmm. You know, you just gotta take care of their um, bedding and. One time, I saw I saw I saw fireflies because I was in Georgia and it was like, oh, these are you know that's a normal thing, and I was amazed. I was like, oh my gosh, these are these are cool. Um, mm-hmm. And then one time, I was down here in Florida, and I saw a couple, and I was shocked. I did not I know they came this far south. Yeah, I didn't see any the whole time. That almost a decade that I lived there, because we used to, I used to go out at my grandma's backyard in Kentucky, mm-hmm. and just at, as soon as dusk hits, they're like everywhere. Yeah, oh yeah, and that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, and that's one cool thing about going south a bit. Cause I'm in northern Michigan, so there's some places that you'll you might see them a bit, but they're not as common as you know when we would go south and. Mm-hmm. You know, traveling and stop at a rest area. I just remember this one time we stopped at a rest area to let our dog out, and it was just like lit up with fireflies. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so neat. I wish <laughs> so we had cool. this many back home, you know, that you'd see all the time. Because at it's our so place, cool. we don't have any. But I remember seeing some here and there at a lake we used to camp at in the Upper Peninsula when I was a kid. Um, but it wasn't, still wasn't, you know, blanketed <laughs> with mm-hmm. fire, with fireflies. We got these. Uh, we got these bioluminescent water tours that you can take. Oh with yeah, the I was about to bring here. that up. It's the it's the, um, the kayak phytoplankton. That's yeah. in the the Space Coast area. Mm-hmm. They like permeate all of like the riverways and stuff there, and that's when they do like glass bottom kayaking and stuff. Yeah, that's pretty but cool. That I would just be think, cool. I think of a like terrifying for me. I don't. I don't want to see what's under. I don't. No. I get freaked out by water. Yeah, I got. Yeah. I was on a glass bottom boat <laughs> one time, and I was scared, man. That was kind of. Yeah. That was a little. And then like was, the like the driver like was like walking because you can't walk in like the center, and so like mm-hmm. he was walking on the side of the boat to get in and drive, and I was like, how much? What happens if I have to get out, man? <laughs> I'm a kid. I can't. I can't do that. And it was just, it was scary. Yeah. I was canoeing once in the Wakaiwa River, and like. The gator went underneath, and I was like, I <gasps> don't, just go do your thing, man. It's and, like, you know, you have to, like, you have to become one with the gators in Florida. You really <laughs> have to just be like, wait, we coexist here, buddy. Most of the time, they really don't give a crap Yeah, most of the time, anyway. they're just like, I'm sunbathing, my man. And you're like, yes, you are, because you're not coming <laughs> over here. But you got to, like, learn to be okay with what they do and stuff. But if you think about, like, if you, like, even just that, past couple minutes of us talking about like fireflies and bioluminescent things it it's magic yeah it's like scientific magic yeah i could not believe my eyes when ten thousand fireflies stop got him ladies and gentlemen mark (laughs) i was able to get it in there but it Mm -hmm. literally it like roots you in that feeling of you can get lost in the fact that like you're seeing them discuss things politically right now right but it roots you back in the fact that this is myth, this is magic, this is 
something you're not seeing every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. So clearly, for Steve I, Trevor, he's I mean he's giddy <laughs> as all in this in this tub. Yeah, I would be too. Dang. Oh yeah, especially if it's healing you. And yeah, what is it doing? Like giving you like dopamine or something like that? Just absorbing all of it, or just, I mean, like, I'll just, just leave wild. me there. Yeah. yeah, just leave me there forever. <laughs> Imagine if they had uh, onsens or hot springs that had healing. Uh, wait, is it? They do. Saying that out they loud, do. yeah, it sounds like it's, it's there true. are. I don't yeah. know a lot of details, but there are hot springs that are supposed to have healing properties yeah. if anything you know there's detoxing and stuff like mm-hmm. that which is a healing like salt so. baths and whatever the, don't don't yeah. tell Ponce de Leon because he's been looking for it for a well, while well the thermal waters in Reykjavik <laughs> the thermal waters in Reykjavik are like great for like overall skin mm-hmm. yeah but then you can go to like the Dead Sea what is left mm-hmm. of it at this point and heal there's like all kinds of fun interesting places to go float mm-hmm. in but you have to be okay with bodies of water <laughs> oh i mean as long as there's yeah. nothing in there but here in, or there in florida is it's, uh, full of stuff sometimes yeah. you just don't you, you gotta just, like it is 100 percent okay to just assume that there is at least one alligator in any given body of water here even yeah. pools oh you goodness. just gotta be like all right yep that's you just gotta go in the, with a mindset of, <laughs> no yeah there could be a gator in there so just you know be mm-hmm. careful or a water moccasin. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to stick with my Great Lakes, and I'm feeling <laughs> really good about that. I've been, I've, I, went to, uh, I went to one of those. Couldn't tell you which one. I was in Michigan, so uh, whichever is the is the the lake over there. and uh, there's, there's five. But yeah, yeah, so <laughs> there, was, there, was, there was one of them, and uh, real rocky, and boy, was that thing cold. I'll tell you. Middle of summer, too. Freezing cold water. Yeah, it depends on where you are. But if you you go all the way up to Lake Superior, which is between Michigan and Canada, that one is always cold. I grew up near there, and yeah, it's always cold. It doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> Only kids like to swim in that because they don't care how cold water is. <laughs> uh-uh. no, no way. Thank you. But, um, but yeah, nice no. tepid bath water, please. And throw throw. Why don't you throw in some bioluminescence in there, will you? <laughs> yeah. You get the whole bioluminescent uh, combo set. You get the firefly lanterns, and then if you want, we can also get the water system to have the phytoplankton, so you have bioluminescent water. Um, can, is are they safe? Can you like you can get nope. in the water with those? Oh, things, I think right? it's a drink. Cause, like, no, no, what drink? Well, <laughs> well, maybe. What if you do, if you do swallow get it? Some I mean, bacteria in you, and it's probably good bacteria like uh, yogurt or something. Mm, are you saying that phyto? Yeah, phytoplankton yeah. is not a uh, probiotic. I'm sorry. What if I <laughs> ate enough of them like a flamingo and I was able to become bioluminescent like yeah. Dr. Manhattan? That'd be something. Well, I think. Then you'd save on your electric bill. Yeah. yeah. I could just like, I don't no, but that would suck because you I'd be like, turn... natural lighting, I am the natural lighting. Now I'm off. thinking, are people going to produce phytoplankton to sell as lamps and Probably. light bulbs? Sea monkeys. Sea monkey and like well like what if someone's like hey uh make your bathtub bioluminescent and it's like just add this bath bomb that gives you phytoplankton <laughs> now you're now you're in my like my wheelhouse over here yeah. uh, as uh, have you have you have you seen anything uh, like that come down the come down the lush I, line Johnny at your I meeting? would not be surprised <laughs> if lush had tried that out at some point no they're they're um they're experimenting with 
lighting in the bath, but it has nothing to You're do with kidding. bioluminescence. No, no I don't joking. believe that. I don't. It has everything to do with these little. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure they tried to. They just don't yeah. want to say it because they got this be is bad. Or something. Testing on animals. You, it, phytoplankton are animals too. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> We're gonna take down Lush. I promise you, it's a, it's supposedly a squeezable light source that you can change. It's like LEDs. It's interesting. Uh, and I'm going to put in my water? No, in your bath. Well, yeah, in your bathtub. <laughs> That's <laughs> wild. See, now that is something that when I, me seeing uh, Steve Trevor in this, uh, you know, 20 minutes ago when we first started talking about this, him and, you know, being <laughs> elated in this bathtub, my thought process was why can't, like, is there a product on the line today that I can put in my bathtub that uh, makes it bright and like this? Other than just like, you know, a pool light or something. Yeah, because these are LED strips. Yeah, in the obviously, baths. clearly. Yeah. yeah. So you want your bathtub to be blue, or green, or I red? You. you know, what if I I'm feeling a little, a uh, little witchy, little witchcrafty in the night, Just and I want to take a red bath? He does not discriminate against uh, bioluminescent colors. Yeah. All right, exactly. so just check your. He wants you it to glow. Check your mailbox in about a week. For anthrax. <laughs> bioluminescent <laughs> anthrax but, uh, no. um, but it's, what are you uh, gonna send me a sample johnny that's I cool like bath, bath stuff it'll be fun but like cool. if you could do uh i don't know if you got your bathtub with the some sort of black black light light lighting black yeah. lighting or what um, if you just uh, poured like a bunch of uh the like charcoal toothpaste in there and just give it a, <laughs> you know oh then we can go with the black water like uh uh, June Moon, dude. I bet that's what they did. It was a like a like a cleansing bath for her. They have made a like a very very black, not yeah. lush, but right. Yeah, yeah we Lushy? have black bath bombs. And, like Ooh. it makes it like the black yeah. black black. black. Yeah. And like you're standing up and like oh gosh, I don't want that. I don't want any part of that. Um, so, but like. Th- these these pools that uh Steve Trevor is in, um. Is this, um, he's obviously not a prisoner, clearly, you know, but what do you think their plan is? Like, hey, just, you know, heal, rest up, here's a good meal, and then GTFO in the morning? What's going on? I think, I'm going to have to save that for next week, but. Oh, is, am, I, my, am I speculating too much? I, I might, might be still prisoner still. We'll have to come back to that. Uh, I think we get more context in the next one. Okay. Um. You got anything? You got any? What are you? What are your thoughts about the bath? What bathtub, Chris? <laughs> about bathtub, Chris? Yeah, that's uh, happening. We'll give that one to you since we got to talk about it all next week. But uh, <laughs> any hot oh, takes? As, any hot takes? <laughs> if he looks hot in the in the tub? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or or anything? Well, right? No, I th- I like how he's um, so like he's in kind of a perilous situation because he doesn't know if he's going to be killed or not, and he's just been through you know stuff but yet Mm -hmm. he still has such joy in this tub (laughs) just like at the wonder of it you know the the colors you know as he's running his foot through so it's just interesting and then when he stands up that at least he has like some modesty at first you know with her I don't know I feel like he's a gentleman in a way of like trying mm-hmm. to cover himself, you of know, course. and uh, which is is nice of him to do, and um, <laughs> and that's where it ends. Yeah. It's not so. like that. It's, yeah, it's definitely not like that in real life. Um, yeah. Especially if you uh, 
go to the gym. It's god awful. God, I wish some people had that kind of <laughs> had modesty. that modesty. <laughs> oh my god, is it terrible? Like, it, uh, dudes in locker rooms at gyms, just. <laughs> Man, there is no, there's no sense of. Like, Let them have it, Mark. They have, conf- they've got some confidence. Buddy. Get their asses. Let me tell you, it's like, please. And get their asses. I'm not doing any of that. I'm getting out. Um, of it. hey, I gotta tell you something. This um is when I uh, get um very angrily envious of people with uh straight hair, um because I want this hairstyle that um Steve Trevor has in this movie. And, man, even in the next one that I saw, but mainly this one where it's still uh, shaved on the sides or a little bit longer top, combed over, Mm -hmm. not combed over, but flipped over a little bit. I am so envious of this man's hair. You guys have no idea. That's pretty much how I cut Jonathan's hair. Like, I I see, like, hair cuts, well, like, um... Chris Evans, too, and you know, Captain America, he kind of has his hair cut like that. And I'm like, yeah. hmm, I wonder if I can cut Jonathan's hair kind of yeah. like that. It's the <laughs> side part. This, He's the got side like similar hair. Yeah, it's all the rage. Yeah. It's so hot right now. <laughs> I'm just envious, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. but, you know. You got great It's hair. like that conversation I just had with my daughter was very straight hair. It's like, and she wants curly hair. Like, every... Straight-haired person wants curly hair, and every mm-hmm. curly-haired person wants straight hair. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. the way it is. <laughs> Although it might yeah. be different for women than men, I don't know. But when you I have short hair, short hair versus long hair might be a different feel. I don't know. Probably. But, yeah. I've had both. Um, yeah, and Mark, I'm I'm, i got to point out that compliment. You telling me I have great hair? Oh, buddy. That's like, <laughs> that's like uh, you... That's that's you uh, bending down to tell me that guy. Have you seen the 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 head of hair on this man? Well, Jeez. currently he has more of it now. So. Out of this world. This kid's got the best head of hair I've ever seen in my life. I'm gonna end this show now. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm currently trying to grow it out. Uh, it's been a process, but trying to grow it out. But um, yeah, they, people always keep telling me I should be a hair model. But, hair model. All right, yeah. let's uh, toot that horn a little bit louder, huh? <laughs> no, that wasn't. That, that I'm wasn't, glad you. Uh, I'm glad you felt my eye roll and you put it into words. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I was just trying to say how I keep getting in. I, I've been considering whether I should get into that. It's Mark's um, hair. It's so hot right now. Yeah. Okay, we'll, but, see, uh, we'll see you on the on the on the cover of uh, GQ. Just your scalp. Just the from the forehead just, up. Eyebrow, <laughs> eyebrows up. Forehead. Eyebrows up. Okay. When this episode, you know, releases, you need to make like a little fake GQ um, oh cover, God. you know, to put on the. <laughs> in the I group love this and, yeah. <laughs> with your hair model, you know, mm-hmm. picture. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. But, uh, I'll, I'll work on it. I'll, I'll draw. It <laughs> you got time, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's gonna do it all for today. I think. Oh. Actually, can I say? I'm sorry. Can I say one no, more? Go for it. Absolutely. Please jumped over it um when they're having the conversation um just before she goes into the pool area uh just the the hurt that you can kind of see in diana's face when her mom says that she's not an amazon like they are and her just being like i don't know i I just think about her being like well what am i then like i'm the strongest warrior pretty much you know there and she's not an Amazon like them. 
I with having no explanation. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I want to go with that comment, but it just like really struck me and everyone walks by and she's just hurt. <laughs> I, I feel like it's almost like saying that you can't do this thing, like somebody telling you can't do it or that you're not going to be this thing ever. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost it feels kind of like that, right? Somebody just. It's just a baseless like. Otherism, like you're not you're other than us. Right. You'll never be one of us. It's just it's very yeah, it's mean being, girly and it hurts. You can't you can't <laughs> it, do this. It yeah. does. And because and just because her mom doesn't want to explain <laughs> what she actually, you know, what her role actually is, you know, that she is the god killer and and stuff and I don't know, it's it's sad. <laughs> Which I, I think <laughs> at, at some point like you know, are you going to hit like human age 30 and still not know that you are a god killer like is she just like a ticket to your grave sort of situation like i think if she stayed there i wonder if she would never have told her right you know like if war never came upon them like aries wasn't on their shore i don't think that she would have told her it's so sad yeah Yeah. no it's it's definitely it's even without having to explain it is like the fact that that's hitting an emotional chord um, is, is, is what's most important is that you have these Amazons that they support each other, but they're not supporting Diana uh, with this idea that she must go out and fight Ares. And they, they, they all have to just be like, Oh, I'm just going to look the other way and and walk past you here. Well, the the queen forbids it. What are you going to do? it's also like the only person who is ever in her corner is dead now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that has to hit some, it has to hit a little bit of a different chord too, because Antiope was always in Diana's corner, always fighting for the fact that she needed to train, always thinking about five steps ahead of if war was really inevitable at this point, like what are we going to do about it? She's dead. Mm-hmm. So and that I, voice of, Oh, go ahead. No, that's okay. Um, Just like a, question i mean diana was the only kid on the island but she ages so slowly like she was probably a kid for a long time mm-hmm. yeah there, yeah right? so i mean <laughs> that's the so question <laughs> so she's been i don't know maybe you guys talked about this before about i mean she would have been growing up there for a very long time so it's kind of like this whole question and putting down her skills and her training and stuff could have <laughs> For so much longer than what we would think of, you know, as her growing up years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we um we had an eight year old and a twelve year old, and now technically it should be like a thirty three year old, but we have no idea how long that is. Like we don't know if she was born during like I don't know, like you know what it's, year was uh, it when she was eight years old? Right. I don't Something think time like exists mm-hmm. in Themyscira. Mm-hmm. At least. Ooh, the passage of crap. <laughs> <laughs> the passage of time is there because the sun, obviously, and crops and animal herds and whatnot that they're doing. Yeah, but a lot of time I we mean, learn every language, though. We probably should have. I wonder if there was ever, and even maybe looking in Justice League or something like that, if there's ever a sundial laying around. Just casually, know. yeah, yeah, or it has just to be like laying down for the shadows to work their own. Yeah, <laughs> well, 
Well, I don't know if they care much about time because she <laughs> she comments about his watch at some point. Like, you know, you let that tell you what to do. Yeah. Um, well, I guess that's yeah. that's what you guys will talk about, you know, the next section. Yeah. Um, so, you know, how much do they actually pay attention to time? I mean, I guess I they just don't. Maybe it just wasn't a thing. Maybe it probably wasn't even a thing for Wonder Woman until right now and maybe until she until she gets until she gets a watch i mean i mean they're very in tune with like they're they're very in tune with nature so they're probably just following life's like circadian rhythm yeah yeah of like okay the sun's down i should go to bed now okay the sun is up i should get up and do whatever it is i need to be doing training like whatever yeah yeah because time is a man-made concept there you go we are not man Hey, Steve, um, could you tell me what time it is? Time for you to get a watch. Here you go. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Uh, that was uh, that was one of the Is that what you've been dying of laughter oh, yeah. about oh, over yeah, there? The just, entire... like, waiting for a moment to say <laughs> that, that joke. That and then um, when Mark said, I, I said sundials were lying down, and he said, yeah, they got it. That was that made me lose it. That... <laughs> it breezed over everybody. Um but uh, yeah, so like it's weird. So we still have to f- piece together the time uh, between now, nineteen eighty four, and two thousand and sixteen, the uh, death of Superman, like that kind of two thousand sixteen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, there's also that stuff that's going on with her being a antiquities cataloger. Dustin. Yeah, there. There's. Um, I think the. Well, I. I for Tabitha's sake, I'm not going to get into the details. Yeah. Just wait for the movie to come out to explain why and what's happening. But, um, yeah, they're, they're, they'll explain it. They'll explain, you know, what has happened since 1914 or whatever to 1984. And then I think that hopefully they're going to explain what happens between 84 and 2016. Um but I think I think here's a good stopping point for what we're about to get into uh, before we talk any more about next week's minutes. But Tabitha, thank you so much for joining us this week to talk about Wonder Woman. Absolute blast! Like we said before, we knew we we had to get you on the show. Um, but before we end the episode, uh, just in case you want to promote your shows again, let the people know where they can find you. And yeah. Um. Yeah. I. Thank you, first of all, very much for having me on. It was a blast because I definitely love Wonder Woman. And um, I actually, I don't host my own show. Um, I support my husband and his shows and I get to guest on them. So he um, did the podcast, uh, The Princess Bride Minute, and you can um, find that at theprincessbrideminute.com. He's currently doing UHF Minute, where they talk about Weird Al's movie UHF. Uh, one minute at a time or couple, or close to that <laughs> time. And uh, that's at uh, uhf62nd.com. And um, me, I get to guest on a lot of different minute shows. So if you ever want to hear me and any other ones, you can, uh, if you Google my name, Tabitha Carlisle podcast, I actually just did that last night to see and a lot of them come up. So if <laughs> you want to... If you want to uh, find me, you'll uh, just Google and and you can see some other ones. Otherwise, check out different minute movies at moviesbyminutes.com. There you go. Perfect. Um, you can find us on all social media at DCU Minute. Johnny does Austin Powers Minute, which you can find at 
Austin Powers Men. Austin Powers Men. You can find it on all, all social media at Austin Powers Minute. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you can also talk to all of us. Uh, we are in the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. We could join us, uh, other listeners who listen to the show, and all, uh, other guests who have been on the show to talk about today's minutes or any other minutes you're catching up on. And if you want to support the show and you love what you heard, uh, you can support us by leaving a five-star review because it really helps us uh, f- uh, helps other people find our show. And we also sell merchandise at TeePublic slash Media, where you can find stickers, T-shirts, all kinds of stuff about the shows that we do, whether it's Tarantino Minute, DC Cinematic Minute, Austin Powers Minute. Um, you can find all of that there. And we'll catch you guys next week for minutes number 31 through 35 of Wonder Woman Minute.